week with and Pastor Jeff's absence, we're not going to do the days of Noah tonight. So that Bible study will pick up again next Thursday. Um, but I do want to give you what the Lord has given us and this evening for just a few moments. And uh, I don't know how the delivery is going to be. I don't know if I'll teach or preach or do both. I don't know, but I just feel like this is what the Lord is wanting to say tonight. I, the Lord woke me up this morning with this thought, and uh, I'm excited for what he's doing. Amen? If you've got your Bibles, go with me to the book of Joel chapter 2. We're going to read the book of Joel chapter 2, verses 7 through 11, and then 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. So it's Joel chapter 2, verses 7 through 11, and then 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Consider it an honor to share the word of the Lord with you tonight. Joel chapter 2, verse number 11. If you found it, say amen. Amen. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2, verse number 11, And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide in it? Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting and with weeping, and with more, well, let's start with verse number seven. I started with verse number one. <laughs> Sorry about that. I got the cart before the horse, didn't I? No wonder everybody's looking confused. <laughs> verse number 7 to verse number 11. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. They shall march everyone on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark. And the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can abide in it? Amen. And 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 3 and 4. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. Amen. They're going to blast the shofar tonight, and then we're going to give God praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's time to polish your armor. How many can truly 
testify tonight, amen, that you have been enduring some stuff, amen, that's been pretty hard. I know I'm not the only one, but it feels like the attacks have increased both mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Amen. But the Bible tells us that he that endures to the end, the same, shall be saved. The Bible goes on to let us know that even though we are in this world, we are not of this world. But how many knows that even though we are not of this world, the things of this world still affects who we are. As far as we still have to endure, amen, what comes down this week, amen, I'm just going to be honest with you, this week, I, 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 there are things that have taken place this week that I never thought in my lifetime that I would see, amen, but it's just proof and evidence that this world is in utter chaos, it's crazy, amen, it's nuts, but how many knows that God is still sovereign, he's still in control. And in the midst of darkness, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of sin and warfare, God still has a mighty army. Yes, they're nameless, they're faceless, they are not in it for what they can gain, they are not in it, amen, for what they can get, but they're in it to please their commander and their chief. Amen. And those that are truly in this army recognizes that there is a war cry or an alarm that is being sounded in the heavens. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight, so just hang with me. The Bible tells us in the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse number 1, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 19, Jeremiah goes on to say, My bowels, my bowels, I am pained at my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me, I cannot hold my peace. Because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. I want to read that and amplify it if I can. It's not only the prophet, but also the people who cry out in their thoughts, My anguish, my anguish, I write in pain all the walls of my heart. It hears, and it is not disquieted, and throbs aloud within me. I cannot be silent, for I have heard the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. The Jewish Bible goes on to say, My guts, my guts, I'm in pain. My heart, it beats wildly. I cannot stay still because I have heard the shofar sound. It is a call to war. I read all three of those to let you know that we are definitely hearing an alarm going out of the spirit. And if you are in tune with what God is doing, you ought to be affected by the alarm. Jeremiah was so affected by this alarm that it affected him physically. He began to say that, amen, his guts, amen, were in pain, that his heart that beats wildly, amen, that he cannot say back and be silent. I've come to declare we cannot be silent anymore, but we've got to answer the call, the alarm that is going out. Amen. In this hour, can somebody say amen? amen? See, you've got to understand that in this army, you did not choose to be enlisted. 
but God enlisted you. John 15 and 16, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Jesus said, I selected you. I appointed you. I'm requiring of you to join. Before the foundations of the world was ever laid, God chose you for this moment. God chose you for this time. Matthew chapter 22, verse 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. Is there anybody tonight that's part of the chosen few? Oh, amen. Come on. Praise the Lord. And we understand that if we're in this army, there's got to be a head of the army. I'm just laying a foundation. The Bible says in Psalms 46 and 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Hallelujah. The Bible said the Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our refuge. This word Jehovah Sabbath means a mass of persons, an army, a campaign. It is a root word that means to mass an army of servants. When you look at the phrase the Lord of hosts in scripture, what God is saying is he is Jehovah Sabbath. How many are glad that he's Jehovah Sabbath tonight? So for the foundation, we've got to understand that one, there's an alarm that's being sounded. Two, we've got to understand that we've been enlisted in the army. Three, we've got to understand that the Lord is the head of the army. But most importantly, we've got to understand who our enemy is. Amen. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. We do not struggle, we do not contend, and we do not war against the flesh. We've got to understand, brothers and sisters, that our war is not among each other. Oh, you're quiet tonight, and I love it. We are not warring against each other. We are not warring against anyone else on this earth. But our battle is spiritual. We are warring after the enemy. We are warring after the ranks of his kingdom. You've got to understand something. The enemy is well organized. The order of his kingdom is well organized. Amen. If he is well organized, we can, as the children of God, be chaotic. Amen. Amen. The Bible says for us not to be ignorant of his devices. One of the greatest things, amen, when it comes to a sporting event is to know your opposition. And how do you know your opposition? You begin to study your opposition. You begin to, amen, let us take football. For example, you begin to study your opposition's playbook. You begin to understand all of their moves and all of their plays. The Bible tells us that there is no new thing under the sun. The same tricks that the enemy had back in Genesis is the same tricks that he's working today. He still has the same, amen, bag of tricks. But what we've got to understand is who he is, what he's doing, and we've got to understand that we are greater than he is. Because greater is he that is in us than he 
that is in the world, and that my fighting content is not with flesh and blood, but is against those principalities, those chief, amen. It means commencement or chief and various applications of order. It's against those magistrates, those powers that rule. It's against that superhuman influence. It's against the shadiness. Satan is the ruler of darkness. That's why there are rulers of darkness in this world. Second Corinthians 4 and 4. Amen. Says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He works behind the scenes and he works in darkness, wickedness and high places, those destructive plots, the sin and the iniquity, amen, that reigns and rules. How many understands? We've got to know who our enemy is tonight. Mm -hmm. If we don't know who our enemy is, then we don't know how to fight. But the Bible tells us that God has given us weapons of mass destruction. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Can I get an amen? amen? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through who? God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. For we do not contend and battle. Amen. This word war here means to be consumed or to devour. We are not consumed. This war does not devour us. But we have the ability to pull down those fortified strongholds. Amen. Pulling down means to lower. It means demolition. It means extinction. It means to force down. Amen. Or to take for oneself. Amen. These strongholds that the enemy builds up in our life. We've got power to bring them down. Matthew 17 and 21. Amen. I told you I love scripture. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Mark chapter 9 verse number 29. And he said unto them this kind cannot come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. So you got the ability to cast it down, and with prayer and fasting, you're able to cast it out. You can cast it down, and then with prayer and fasting, cast it out. So I laid all of that foundation to get to the meat of where I want to go, and that is the armor of God. And, and, and this morning, when I woke up this morning, and I'm just going to be real with you, but when I woke up this morning... And the Lord just began to deal with me about polishing the armor. It's almost that I could see folks walking around with dents in their armor. Because when there's an armor that's been dented, it's an armor that's been used. And I believe that some of us have came into this place tonight. And we've got some dents in our armor because truth be known, some of us have faced some pretty strong battles this week. I can't speak for you, but I can tell you that I'm standing behind this platform tonight, behind this sacred desk, letting you know that I'm in the middle of a battle. 
I'm in the middle of a struggle myself. Amen. The war has intensified even in my life. Amen. This week, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. But can I tell you, I am telling the enemy, we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. And when you look in the spirit, some of us, oh, I feel like preaching tonight. I thought I was going to do more teaching, but I really feel like preaching because some of us in the spirit may have some dents in our armor, but we're still standing. The Bible says when you've done all that you can do, stand. Therefore, in Ephesians chapter 6, amen, some of us are still standing. We may have some dents, but we're still standing. We may have faced some stuff this week. But we're still standing. I'm looking for somebody that says my armor may be a little dented. My armor may be a little cracked. I may have had to face some stuff this week. But I've come here on a Thursday night to tell the devil I'm still standing. I'm not backing up. I'm not retreating. I'm not giving up. God is faithful. He promised it. I'm holding on to it. I'm going to do it to the end. Because those that endure to the end. The same shall be saved. This thing is almost over. It's about ready to wrap up. Jesus is about ready to come back. I don't have time to take the armor off now. I don't have time to give up now. I don't have time to wave the white flag of surrender. The only thing I'm surrendering to is his joy, his peace, his love, his security over my life. I'm not going to bow down and bend to the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the torment and the struggle. Amen. And all, and all of that that is coming against my mind and against your mind and against marriages and families and homes. I'm telling you, I'm getting to the point, Sister Mary Jo, amen, where I'm getting overwhelmed by messages, amen, and calls of people, amen, who are just going through it, saying, please, amen, pray for me, amen, there's a dear brother in Dayton, amen, that we're going to pray for before we leave. Amen. His mother called me yesterday and said, please pray for him. Amen. That God, and he's been in the hospital today in surgery. Amen. When I called her on the way to church, he was still in surgery. And they're like, we don't know what to do but to trust God. I'm looking for somebody that says, I don't know what else to do but to stand. That's all I know to do. That's all I know to do is to stand and believe and have faith. It may be a little bit did. You see the armor, amen, means protective clothing. Lord, help me, I feel the Holy Ghost now. This clothing that can shield the wearer from weapons, amen. It's an armor that's a protective covering for animals and vehicles and so on. But in the Hebrew, the word armor means something prepared. It is a root word that means to complete, to prepare, or to consume. Let me just say it this way. If in the Hebrew an armor means something that is prepared, how many knows that God's already prepared it for us to put on? But we got to be the one to put it on. It is a root word that means to complete or to consume. Can I just submit to you this? We are not fully completed unless we've got our armor on. Uh-huh. And the word polish, I love this. 
The word polish means to improve, to make something better than it was before. In Hebrew, the word polish means to sharpen. So I've come tonight to tell somebody it's time to sharpen your armor. It's time to sharpen your armor. Let us look in Ephesians chapter 6, I believe. Amen. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Look at somebody say, you got to put it all on. If it's all available, you've got to use it all. It's all or nothing. Come on. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having to done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth. The belt of truth or the loins girt about with truth. The Hebrew, amen, or the Jewish Bible says, have the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The belt of truth is a girdle. It was a belt which, amen, would cause his tunic to be tight so he might be free with his movements. The belt was not just a little bit of leather wrapped around the waist. No, it was a thick, piece of leather that wrapped around the soldier and it stopped the armor from moving and it basically was used to hold all of the armor together. Without it, the armor was useless. The truth is, amen, that the bell of truth holds everything else together. If truth, amen, was not available, then there is no reason for us to be at church tonight. If, if this word is not true, then there's no reason to turn on the lights, and there's no reason to gather, and there's no reason to sing. But everything about the armor, amen, it all hinges together on the truth of who God is. You see, putting on God's truth means living out His word, being honest and sincere in our faith before the Lord. It refers to character and integrity. A lifestyle that conforms to the scripture. It guards the most. What does a girdle or a belt do? It guards the most personal and private areas of our life. How many knows that we need God? We need God's truth in the personal and private areas of our life. Amen. Amen. Because if we don't have truth in our personal and private areas of our life then they're not going to reflect in the public areas of our life. Amen? Amen? It's not really what we are only in front of people, but it's who we are behind closed doors that counts. Mm -hmm. We can trust God in an atmosphere like this when everybody else is trusting God, but it's when we're at home by ourselves and the darks are flying do we still trust God at that moment. We can speak faith here but at home in the private do we speak faith. We can live dedicated in front of other folks. But at home are we living dedicated to what the word of the Lord says. Is our life conformed to not by our own opinion or doctrine. Or do we conform to the scripture. Because that's what makes the difference. You see God's word is truth. When everything else 
is fallen. This is going to remain. This is undisputable. You can't dispute this. You cannot deny it and you cannot read. Not one jot, not one tittle of this word. A man can be moved, shaken, or replaced. But this word is forever settled in heaven. Which means when the truth of God's word. Oh hallelujah. Becomes the belt that holds everything together in your life. And the enemy gets the revelation that you understand the truth of God's word. That he knows he's already defeated. Mm -hmm. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate covers what? The heart. The heart is the center of our feelings and our emotions. The heart pumps blood to the other body. If the heart is attacked, the body will be damaged or death can occur. You see, the devil will never find the devil will never find fault with Jesus. So be assured and stand firm and resist him. For us to live is to live as Christ. Which means that the enemy will never find fault in Christ. If we live as Christ, he don't have much ammunition to find fault with us. Mm -hmm. You see, it changes our nature from being anti-Christ to Christ-like. And how many wants to be Christ-like? Hey, with me, I know it's different, amen, but it's what the Lord impressed on me to do tonight, amen, is to go through the armor again. And your feet shod with the preparation of peace. Or the gospel of peace. Feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The Jewish Bible says, and wear on your feet the readiness that comes from the good news of peace. The word shot means to bind under one's foot. It's like putting on a sandal. Feet means to step or to lead out or to walk. The word peace means nothing broken or nothing missing. They were designed, these, so what, when Paul began to describe the armor, he's looking at a Roman armor. You've got to understand that the Roman armor was designed for long marches. Which means God has designed you to keep on trucking. Mm-hmm. Over every kind of rough terrain. In fact, it has been said that the soldiers, amen, sandals were the secret to the Roman conquest. When you study anything about the Roman army, you understand that they had the sandals, amen, or the boots about them that could go over any kind of rough terrain, which means they can march over any climate, over any type, amen, of obstacle. But one thing that was good about them is they marched in unison and in cadence. See, we give our lives to Jesus, then we know true peace and we are free. When we give our lives to Jesus, we're free from condemnation. We're free of fear. We're free of the devil's authority. And we are free to share the good news of the gospel. The sandals of the gospel of peace give us a firm grip on what? The rock of our salvation, which is Jesus. We cannot be swept away. We can stand firm. And most importantly, we can advance with our feet firmly fitted with the gospel. We are called to speak the gospel of peace. That this is a mighty weapon against darkness. 
Because the gospel is able to save souls. The gospel is able to cause people around us, amen, to escape an eternity in hell. What is more important than that, than somebody receiving Jesus? Mm -hmm. So you got your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Let's go on to the next part of the armor. Above all, take the shield of faith. Whereby you can quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Always carry the shield of trust. Which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. One of the most dangerous weapons of ancient warfare was a fiery dart. The head of the dart would be wrapped with flax and fiber. It was soaked and then it was set on fire. Before it was launched. Even though the darts would try to pierce the shield, the fire would be quenched. The fire was the, the fire was quenched as soon as it came to the shield. Those darts represent the lies of the enemy. In Roman times, the legions would use their shields to lock a man together and they would move forward as a massive force they would conquer territories so what they would do is they would take their shield amen and they would lock together amen one would lock to another and they would become a massive force and when they become a massive force they were able to conquer territories this is a picture of the body of Christ we need to put on, amen, we need to put our differences aside and begin to link up in unity. We need to rise the shield of faith. We need to reject all the lies that burst into flames in our minds. We need to trust Him more and more. We need to trust Him in life. We need to trust Him in death. He is the Lord of hosts and He will never fail us. Amen? amen. And then we are to take on the helmet of salvation. Or the helmet of deliverance. The helmet protects the head. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts. Amen. Take place where? The head. The seed of our thought life is in our mind. Satan bombards us with mental distractions. Can I get an amen? Amen. If we take the helmet, we are safe from the destructive power of the evil forces. Salvation is just not for forgiveness of our past sins, but it also is the strength to overcome, to conquer what is present and the future attacks and bondages that will try to come against our lives. And wearing the helmet, we can have confidence that nothing can hold us or separate us from the love of God. Amen. When we put on the helmet of salvation, we can protect our thought life and we can cast down those strongholds. We can also take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord. The sword is a defensive and an offensive weapon. For the word of the Lord is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 and 12. All scripture is God-breathed and it contains the power of God. In Luke chapter 4, when the enemy came against Jesus, what did Jesus use against the enemy? The word. Do you see that Jesus, the full of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, 
was more than a match for the enemy. So when you are a believer that is full of the Holy Ghost, and you've got the Word of God in your life, you are more than a match for the enemy that wants to come against you. We need to use the sword of the Spirit on all occasions. In fact, when we speak the Word of God in battle, that's using the sword of the Spirit. When he tells us that we're not going to make it, when he tells us we're not going to be healed, when he tells us that freedom is not coming to our family, we need to begin to use the word of God against him. Any words you speak must glorify the Lord. Because the Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And when you begin to speak the word, you begin to speak Jesus over that situation. Hallelujah. So after we put on, again, we have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. And we above all take, amen, the shield of faith. Paul goes on to say that we must pray always with all prayer and supplication. Because the armor itself is powerful. But when you begin to put prayer with the armor then it is more powerful. Can I get an amen? amen? Don't listen to the lie of the enemy that tells you that it's too hard to pray. Mm -hmm. Because Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, prayer is beyond any question the highest activity of a human soul. Man is at his greatest and highest when on his knees and he comes face to face with his creator. Amen. When we pray, we cannot be defeated. We cannot be defeated. You see, the Bible tells us in the book of Joel chapter 2, I read to you verse 7 and 8. The Bible tells us, they shall run like a mighty man. They shall climb the wall like men of war. They shall march everyone on his, on his own ways, and they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. When you begin to look at the Roman army, one thing that the Roman army had was they were able to march in unison and they were able to march in cadence. If you, anybody know what cadence is? Amen. Those that have background in band, you know what cadence is. Amen. Going back to Christianized marching band days. Amen. But when you march in cadence, it means you march in unison. You march at the beat of the same drum. And what Joel is saying is that everyone, if I can just paraphrase, Joel is saying everyone must get into their own place so that they don't break formation. Mm -hmm. How many knows that God has all of us in the right place at the right time? Amen. The word formation is the way in which something is formed or arranged. Something that is structured, an arrangement or positioning as of truths. Amen. The Hebrew word for formation means to set foot on territory with the idea of trampling them. Which means formation in the military sense is the arrangement or the positioning of troops. And when we come into formation... As the people of God. And we set foot on territory. We are able to trample on the enemy. Amen. 
See, our ability to walk in formation alongside other soldiers, soldiers demand that we understand God's own authority structure and how it works. Which means I've got to stay in my own rank. I've got to stay in my own place. I've got to stay where God has called me because what the Roman army would do is they would march in cadence and formation. And all of a sudden, when the, the opposing army would hear them come, they would hear, amen, then begin to march in cadence like their sandals would begin to clank, amen, in cadence. And they knew that they were in unison. The Bible says, amen, one can chase a thousand, but two can chase ten thousand. Amen. One Holy Ghost still believer is powerful. But when you get another blood-bought believer, amen, with another blood-bought believer, then that's double the power. When you get one person believing and then you get another person believing with you, amen, the Bible says whether two or three touching one thing, nothing doubting that it shall be done. I'm looking for somebody that says I'm not marching in this thing by myself. I'm not, this is not a one man army. This is not a one man deal. But he, I've come tonight to tell somebody, I need you in my life. I need somebody to march with me. I need somebody to help me stay in formation. I need somebody to help me stay in rank. Amen. I need somebody to march in unison with me. The Bible tells us in Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, that, that are over you in the Lord, and to admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, at, and be at peace among yourselves. Which means we got to know who we're marching with. Amen. We got to know who we're marching with. Uh-huh. We must know our arrangement and position in God's army. We must honor God's arrangement and position of others around us. We must march and take ground through maintaining our position. We must not break ranks. We must not push one another. Let me say it again. We must not push one another. But let's march together. Uh-huh. You see, because... Here, here's the thing. There are no place for any weary warriors in the army but good soldiers. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. For our light affliction, with, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. I told you I have a lot of scripture tonight. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. You see, a good soldier enlists others in the army. A good soldier will not collaborate with the enemy. And a good soldier believes in the cause in which he or she is fighting for. You see, we are called to be an army of God. A soldier can win a fight. A troop can win a battle. An army can win a war. A soldier can take ground, a troop can take a village, but an army can take over a nation. Uh-huh. You see, it's time to march. It's time to fight. It's time to run. It's time to climb. It's time to take ground. It's time to take our village over. And it's time to take the city 
for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Before he returns, before he comes back, we must gain ground. And how are we going to gain ground? It's when we begin to march together. Amen. Amen. The Bible said iron sharpens iron. Amen. Here's what I believe, Brother Shane, that tonight, amen, you're going to help me and I'm going to help you. And the word polish means to sharpen. We're going to help each other sharpen our, our, our armor tonight. We're going to help each other polish our armor tonight because here is the revelation. I'm going through it and you're going through it. I'm not exempt from it and you're not exempt from it. But all of us have walked into this place tonight and we are battle weary. Is there anybody in here spiritually tired? I'm just being honest. I'm being amen transparent with you. I'm weary. Exhausted. From the fight. But that is why we must make it our mission to come to the house of God. Because this is where our armor gets polished. This is where we gain our strength. That's right. This is where we gain our fellowship, our community. Uh huh. This is where we realize we're not in this thing by ourselves. But there's somebody that's in it with us. Hallelujah. And when you hear, amen, amen, and I love that, because when you hear of someone who God brought them out, then it is proof that the same God that brought them out can bring you out also. Hallelujah. When you see somebody else in this house receive freedom and deliverance, it gives you hope that deliverance and freedom can come to your lost family that you're believing God for. Hallelujah. I've come to tell you that the Holy Ghost has come tonight to help us polish our armor. Let's lock in. Let's lock in. Amen. Let's connect together. Let's pray one for another. Let's believe one for another. Amen. Let's amen believe that God is going to do exactly what he said. He's going to do. Can I get an amen? Because it's time for us to rise up. Amen. It's time because we are soldiers in the army of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commanding officer. The Holy Scripture is our code of contact. Faith, prayer, and the word are our weapons of warfare. Amen. We have been taught by the Holy Spirit. And we have been trained by experience. We've been tried by adversity. And we've been tested by fire. We are volunteers in this army. And we are enlisted for eternity. We will not get out. We will not sell out. We will not be talked out. And we will not be pushed out. Can I get an amen? We are faithful. We are reliable. We are capable. And we are dependable. If God needs us. Amen. We are there because we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. We are not babies. We do not need to be pampered. We do not need to be petted. We do not need to be primed up. We do not need to be pumped up. We do not need to be picked up. We do not need to be pepped up. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. No one has to call us. No one has to remind us. No one has to write us. No one has to visit us. No one has to entice us, and no one has to lure us. 
because we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. We are not limp. We are not wimps. We are in place saluting our king. We are obeying his orders. We're praising his name and we're building his kingdom. Amen. No one has to send us flowers, gifts, foods, cards, or candy, or give us handouts. We don't need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. We are committed, and we cannot have our feelings hurt bad enough to turn us around. We cannot be discouraged enough to turn us aside. We cannot lose enough to cause us to quit. When Jesus called us into the army, we didn't have anything. And if we end up with nothing at the end, amen, we still come out ahead because we win. Can somebody shout amen? amen. Our God has and will continue to supply all of our needs. We are more than a conqueror. We are triumphant. We can do all things through Christ. The devil cannot defeat us. People cannot delusion us. Weather cannot weary us. Sickness cannot stop us. Battles cannot beat us, money cannot buy us, and governments cannot silence us, and hell cannot handle us, because we are the soldiers and the army of the Lord. Death cannot destroy us, for when our commander calls us from this battlefield, he's going to promote us, and he's going to allow us to rule with him. We will not give up. We will not turn around. We are soldiers marching heaven bound. Here we stand. Is there any soldiers in the army of the Lord tonight? If there's any soldiers in the army of the Lord, can you identify with just standing to your feet tonight? And say, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord as they come to the music tonight. I'm a soldier in God's army. Amen. I've got my marching orders. I know who I am. I know who my commanding officer is. Amen. I may be battle weary tonight, but I'm still in this thing. I may have to face a few things, but I'm still in this thing. And I'm not giving up yet. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Look at somebody say it's time, it's time. to polish your armor. Time to polish your armor. I know it's a little bit different. To be honest with you all day, I thought to myself, this, this is different than what I'm typically used to. Amen. The preacher inside of me just wants to keep on going. Hallelujah. But I believe tonight that there's somebody. You just need your armor polished tonight. Amen. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, God understands and God knows. Amen. Praise the Lord. First and foremost, while they're deciding on what they, amen, are going to bring, if you're in this place tonight and you're not saved, amen, this altar is open for you. But I'm wondering if there's anybody tonight that says, I just need some strength.